Good morning. Really glad you braved the uh, weather to be out here with us. Pretty pleasant, really, isn't it? But I'm glad you're here. For sure. Okay. No problem. Um, wanted to let you know some things that are coming up. One thing, just in general, for the general public, is uh, there's a Bible series coming out on the History Channel uh, tonight. I don't know if you have access to that or whatever, but I hear it's going to be really good. Very, very good. Trying to show the major stories of the Bible. They tell the whole, give you the whole picture of what Genesis, Revelation, what the Bible is all about. Uh, I think it's 5 o'clock tonight. It shows a couple times on the History Channel. Really recommend it to you. I, I hear it's, it's going to be good. Haven't seen it myself, but looking forward to it. It's for five weeks leading up to Easter. And so I wanted to let you know about that. And then next week, Alex Barrett, our executive pastor, is going to be speaking here in Alhambra. Uh, while we got launched uh, here in Alhambra, I've been here for three weeks, actually four weeks, counting the last monthly service that we had. And so uh, Alex is going to be back. He's, I mean, going to be here next week for the first time since we've launched. And he is someone I think you'll really enjoy, a very good communicator. He's going to be here for three weeks. I'm going to be back at Easter. Our plan is, since we're one church, two campuses, is for uh, Alex to speak in Diamond Bar and myself to speak in Alhambra two weeks or so, and then flip. So we're going to, we're going to flip. So you'll get a chance to... To get to know him next week, he's a really good guy. I think you'll you'll get a lot out of it. But wanted to give you a heads up. So next week we're under the the tent again, and uh, he's going to be here with you as well. Um, we are continuing, as Ben said, our series on love and high definition, where we're digging into what the Bible says about love and how to really make the most of our relationships. Today we're going to look at a secret ingredient, and it's an ingredient that most people would never connect with love. They, they really wouldn't. You know, when you're, when you're at a restaurant and you're trying a new dish, something you haven't ever had before, and it, it, you, you really love it, and it's like, oh, this is odd. What is that ingredient in there? What is that that's making it taste so good? Today we're going to look at the ingredient that makes relationships good. I don't know if you remember this or if you've ever heard this, this song. It's, it's embedded in my mind from early on. But uh, could, could you play it, Dan? The, I, I don't want to steal it, but I want to see if you've heard it. How, how many of you guys have ever heard that song? It's embedded in my memory. I can't get it up. To all beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. Okay, I, I know that. I haven't heard that song in years until I thought of it related to this message. And that's the Big Mac song. That's describing the ingredients in a Big Mac. And it says it has special sauce. Not just any sauce. Special sauce. That's what gives it its unique taste. That's how it is. Jack in the Box has a secret sauce. KFC, they keep their recipe for their chicken under lock and key. There are only a handful of people in the world who know the recipe. 
to the KFC chicken. I mean, this is important to people. Companies go to great lengths so that no one knows the secret ingredients. And thankfully, uh, God has made it very clear what the secret, one of these secret ingredients to love is. And that's what we're looking at today. We're going to uncover it a little bit. But here's what 1 Corinthians 3, 13, 4 says. Love does not boast. It is not arrogant. Very clear. It's talking about what love is not. Relationships thrive in an atmosphere of love. When that, when love, loving words, loving actions, when that's what fills the atmosphere, that's when relationships really thrive. Boasting and arrogance block the flow of, of, of love in our lives. It, it blocks flow. It, boasting pollutes the atmosphere. Boasting literally means to praise oneself excessively. Have you ever gone to lunch with a friend and they just keep talking and talking about themselves and all the things that they're doing, whatever they're into, and they never have the opportunity, they never take the opportunity to ask you how you're doing, what's going on with your life, what's good with you lately. How does that feel? The atmosphere kind of stinks. That's, that's, That's what happens when you talk about yourself and what's going on with you and you don't show any interest in the people around you, they don't feel loved. It, it, it blocks the flow of love in our life. Arrogance literally means to inflate, to be puffed up, to blow yourself up like a balloon. Just, you know, you, 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 you blow your, yourself up and... What happens when you choose arrogance, when you use your words to pump yourself up, to make, to make others know exactly who you are and how great you are, it makes them feel small. It, it shrinks them down. And, for instance, if you're talking about a, a problem in the family or uh, you're trying to work through a, a solution to some, some snag, something you're dealing with, if you act like your ideas are the only ones that really matter... Other people shrink down. They feel small. It, 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 it just is not pleasant. It's not, it's not special sauce. It's spoiled sauce that they're, they're experiencing. In grad school, I worked my way through graduate school by uh, cleaning office buildings and restaurants. And I said I had a janitorial service, and I, I guess I did, but it, it basically had me. But one of the places that I, one of the places that I cleaned... Well, as I was working my way through, there was a doctor's office. He's a very young doctor, not that far from my age as I was working through this. And one time I went with a friend of mine to some batting cages, and I played baseball uh, when I was younger. And I was up to the plate. I'm thinking, I'm going to step up here. I'm going to show this doctor, you know, who can hit the ball right now. You know, and I can hear my friend in the background talking about how good I used to be, all the things I'd done in baseball. And I got, you got 25 pitches for a dollar or something at the time. So I'm, I'm up there and I'm hearing this conversation go on. My head's going, and the ball's getting smaller and smaller. How many do you think I hit out of 25? Goose egg. None. I was completely humiliated. And what happens, in, what happens in relationships when you choose arrogance and boasting and you blow yourself up, you can't see the really important things 
that need to go on in the conversation or in the relationship itself. It completely distorts the picture. It makes all the important stuff much smaller than it really should be. Boasting and arrogance are love blockers. Like, like a dam, they, they, they build a dam and they create distance. They create separation from us and the people around us in our relationships. Even if you live in the same house, you work at the same business, uh, if you uh, just hang out with the same crowd, there's still this distance because of these things. In, in reality... Boasting and arrogance are, are many times a cover-up for insecurity. Often, it's insecurity that causes people to brag, boast, and exaggerate and blow things out of proportion. A lack of confidence makes us worry about what others are thinking of us, and we focus on impressing them rather than doing what's helpful or saying what's really going on or, or trying to be an encouragement to them. Thankfully... God has shown us in the Bible that humility is love's secret ingredient. That, that's the secret ingredient that we look for. Now, humility is not a value that's, that's really held up in our culture. I mean, it's not something that people say. Maybe because it's probably the most misunderstood character quality there is. Um, so it's not ranked very high on our list of traits. For instance, I love Valentine's candy. I love those... Those hearts, the conversation hearts with the words on it. You like be mine or kiss me or whatever. I love you, whatever it says. Uh, you, you will not see one that says humble pie. They're not, they're not going to put that on a conversation part, heart. They're just not going to do it. You will never find an anniversary card that says something like, I will love you for all time and prove it by my humility. We, we don't natively connect those two things together. You, you don't say to a friend after really having a great time together, hey, uh, thanks for being humble. It, it just, we don't connect these things. It just doesn't happen. But the way it really works, and this is what you find in Scripture, the way it really works, humility is love's secret ingredient. It is the core ingredient to the best kind of relationships. And I think one main reason that we don't see the value of uh, humility in our relationships is that we don't have a clear understanding of what it is. So before we dive into what exactly humility is, I want to look at what it's not. It's not being timid or shy or bashful. It's not being weak or a spineless wimp. It's not having a lack of confidence. It's not insecurity. In fact, you have to be completely secure to choose humility. You have to find a way to experience security and self-confidence and courage. It's definitely not having a low opinion of oneself. That's not what humility is. Jesus was very humble, the, the most humble person on the face of the earth, but he didn't have a low opinion of himself. He knew exactly who he was. And why, what he was all about. Humility is not being a passive doormat. It's not letting people walk all over you. It's not having low self-esteem or low self-respect. It's certainly not putting yourself down all the time saying, I'm worthless. I'm not good for anything. I'm not. Jesus never put himself down or degraded himself. And yet again, he was the most humble person on the face of the earth. 
Next week, we're going to look at how Jesus actually has shown us that we are worth a tremendous amount in the eyes of God, that we're priceless to him. And that's, that's where you find the strength to choose humility over and over again in your relationships. Humility actually requires a great amount of courage. Uh, you, you need confidence to choose it over and ago, over again, and you need to be secure in your own self-worth. And God makes this possible. The Lord in Jesus Christ makes this possible. If we choose an attitude of humility, what happens is people really enjoy being around us. They, they enjoy it. They want to work with us. And our relationships uh, keep getting better over time. Now, here's on your listening guide, there is a definition of humility. This is our working definition of humility this morning. Humility is a voluntary attitude of deference that yields the right of way to others out of respect or esteem. It's the polar opposite of boasting and arrogance. The exact opposite. It's, it's humility that's love's secret ingredient. It's the way, uh, the, the way, it's way better to choose humility. What you find in Scripture is you want to choose humility before you get humility given to you, handed to you. You want to choose it. It's better to choose humility than to be humbled. That, that's just a fact. In fact, the Bible never tells us to humble anyone else. That's not our role. Our role is not to humble anyone else, but our role is to choose humility, to humble ourselves before God and others. It's an attitude that shows up in our words and actions. It's a voluntary attitude of deference out of respect and esteem for others that we choose. It means that I take a lower mental position than those around me, and I treat them as they're more important than I am. They're, they're not. We're all equal before God. Before the eyes of God, we're every one of us of equal importance. But humility means that I treat others as if they were more important than me. I put them above me. I know they aren't more important, and I need confidence and security to do this. I can get that from God. We'll look more at that next week. But all people are equally important to him. But when I choose humility, I treat them like they're more important. Humility is very high on God's list of qualities that we should choose. And he gives favor to those who choose it. He, it's, like, it's like opening the floodgates of a dam when we choose humility, it releases the flow of God's blessing in our lives in many ways. If we are consistently choosing to be humble over and over again, day after day after day, God's blessings flow. Now, here's some of the blessings that are listed on your listening guide as well. Some of the blessings of humility that you find in the Bible, there are a ton. But here's some. Guidance for decisions. If you think you know better, God's just going to let you figure it out on your own. It's the way God is. We choose whether or not we cooperate with him. In relationships, a humble person listens to the input of others. And this guides them in their decisions. Arrogance says, who do you think you are to give me that suggestion? Why do you think you can do that? God gives grace to the humble. You see this over and over again in Scripture. God is gracious to the humble and he, he helps them. He helps them with whatever it is they're dealing with. Your family and friends will also be more gracious to you if you choose humility. 
Because what happens when someone puffs themselves up? They choose arrogance. What happens? We, we want to find fault. We want to cut them down to size. That's what. So people will be more gracious. Rather than get mentally chopped down to size, they'll, they'll be gracious with you. So choosing humility actually helps the people around us be more gracious with us. Exaltation is another promised blessing in Scripture. God promises to exalt the humble in due time. And I've seen that happen. I've been a pastor for 25 years. And I've seen that happen over and over again. God has exalted the humble as they humble themselves before Him. Humility waits until God exalts. And when He exalts, He puts you on a stable platform. When you exalt yourself, it's, it's very unstable. Sort of like trying to walk on a, an air mattress. Not, not very stable. Very tough to... To walk on. When God exalts, he, he puts you on a stable platform. And then, finally, honor. What is it that we want when we're boasting and we're arrogant? We want respect. We want honor. But it's the humble that gain honor and respect in the right way. Over time, God promises that the humble will find respect. And when you choose humility and decide to be respectable, God promises you'll gain that honor. And that's what happens. If you do this, honor is a gift. It's given to you. It's not something you demand. When we're arrogant or when we're boasting, we're sort of demanding respect right now. But humility gains it in the right way, and it's given to you by the people in your life. And it's a real sweet experience. So as you can see, humility... It's, it's just not a nice virtue that we aspire to. It's, it's crucial to experience the life God wants us to have and the kinds of relationships that actually endure over the long haul, haul and, and are enjoyable over the long haul. I'd like to ask Jeep Underwood to come up. He, he's our uh, ministry team's director, and I've, I've asked him to share this morning some uh, just testimony about his own growth and understanding humility and its importance in our lives. And as I said, Jeep's a ministry team's director here at Church of the Valley Alhambra campus, and he's been uh, a leader in the congregation. And I know that, Jeep, you probably didn't grow up with a tremendous high value of humility, uh, none of us do in, in America. Um, and so probably at some point you shifted your view of it. But before you decided to really follow Christ, what was your view of humility? Kind of what rank would you give it or what, how did you view humility? Come over here a little bit. Step over here, yeah. You know, uh, well, I never really thought about it. <laughs> it was, was a little crazy. I never really thought about it much. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was just growing up with, with a family that grew up with. You know, we, we really helped other people. We set a real high value to help people. But we really didn't want any help. I mean, we really, really felt like we were supposed to do it all on our own. It's kind of the way I grew up, is we would really pull things off on our own. And I think I, I grew up with kind of the a feeling that if I asked for help, it was almost like failing. I fail if I can't figure it all out on my own. And so I guess that's kind of the way I 
So it's just kind of like, forget everybody else, I'm going to handle it myself. I don't. And then after a while, I think you just kind of, you start to believe the, you start to believe that you can. Yeah. Yeah, I gotcha. So how did you gain an appreciation for humility or what, what do you think, what were some of the things God used to help you grow in your understanding of its importance and how did that develop? Well, that's actually an easy answer. Uh, life. <laughs> life occurred. Uh, that, that gal that uh, I really liked, she decided she was going to marry me, so we got married. Things uh, got a little more complicated, and then that idea of having kids became a reality. We had three. And then the idea that, hey, maybe I'll get promoted to work over time. Well, that's become a reality. And just along the way, things just get more complicated and more complex. And it didn't take very long at all for me to just get completely over my head. I just, I, I didn't know how to handle all of the responsibilities that were coming on me. And one thing that I started about 15 years ago, uh, I, I began I began to develop a habit of meeting with God in the morning, connecting with the scriptures. And for me, that 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 was that began a progression to really change this in me, because I began like one one of the verses that really stood out to me in those times were Psalm 32:8, where God is saying. I will instruct you and teach you in the way which you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. And there's this idea that God really, not only did I need a whole lot of help, but he was really wanting to help me. And he actually had, he wanted to instruct me. It was actually going to be personal counsel. He, was, he said, I'll counsel you with my eye upon you. And so it was going to be personal help. And then as I was continuing the scriptures, I came to Proverbs 4.13. And Proverbs 4.13 says, um, Take hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. And I, it's kind of like I found the bookends where God, I need help. God really wants to instruct me. And what I have to do is take a hold of it and and listen to it and then put it into practice in my life. And that's begin getting into that progress, is real, uh, that progression, has really made all the difference. Hmm. That's great. So basically you're... Your growth in humility or your appreciation for it grew as you tried to deal with life and you realized, I need God's help in this. That's really good. Um, So as you've been trying to choose humility in different arenas of life, how has it been a help to you? Well, it really has has made all the difference. Uh, I thought I could tell you two quick stories of how that's really helped. One is... uh, just at work. You know, about 12 years ago, I was a journeyman level engineer at work, and I was working for a project engineer on a flood control dam out in Las Vegas. And yes, it does rain in Las Vegas. People don't know that. <laughs> but, uh, so, I worked on that for a, a couple, about a year or so, and then he left. The project engineer left, and he went to, uh, he went to a job assignment in Japan. And they didn't put him in his place. They just left him with me. And so I took it as an opportunity, so I started working uh, above my pay grade, and I was leading the project, and just learning a lot about how to do that. And it was really, it was really a good time. It was, it was stressful, but I was learning, and so I was leading the project. Then after about a year and a half, management decided that they really ought to put a project engineer in there, so they did. And he, he and I took it across the finish line, and we built the project. And then he retired. The project engineer, he retired, and I thought, well, good grief. I think I know a candidate. I think uh, I think I could probably handle that. And but what happened was my boss forgot to tell me when he put the job announcement out. And there was no way for me to know that the job announcement was out. 
And he, apologized, he came and apologized to me. And first time I heard about the job was when I was introduced to her, his replacement. Mm. And I didn't even have a chance to go for the job that I really worked at. And I, I really struggled. I mean, I, uh, I went home that day. And I, I just remember think, I, the, the thing that was trying to get a hold of me was, well, if they want a journeyman level engineer, that's what they're going to get. You know, it's like, well, I'm not going to take on any extra responsibilities. I'm not going to. You know, I'll tell you what. I'm just going to do what I'm paid to do. That's how I was feeling. And the next morning in my, in my time with God reading the scriptures, I was in 1 Peter chapter 5. Uh, just because the day before I was in 1 Peter chapter 4. I'm kind of linear that way. Uh, so in 1 Peter chapter 5, uh, verse 6 and 7 says, But humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And it was exactly what I needed to hear. And I realized what God wanted me to do was, to continue shouldering the same level of responsibility that I had and not worry about whether I get promoted or not, but just continue being the person I've been and continue to, to promote the company and try to make it successful. And so that's what I did. And about eight months later, another job opened up in another section, another design section, and I applied for it. And the guy who interviewed me said, why didn't you apply for that other job? You're an obvious candidate for it. And I said, well... It was a communication stack. I said, but uh, yeah, I'm glad I can apply for this one. So he, he hired me, and about four years later, I became the chief of that section. Hmm. And I was, the, I was the chief of that section for about six years, and then a few years ago, I got promoted to a project uh, a program manager for Southern California with the Corps of Engineers. And, and I really can point back to that moment. I think I could have gone completely two different directions, hmm. and that, was, that really was made the hmm. difference. And then real, real quick, I know this is a long answer to a short question, but uh, <laughs> just uh, just in my in my marriage, just to, to pick one thing out, you know, my, my wife and I have been married now for 16 years, but, you know, about 10 years ago, for some reason, it just seemed like I was arguing a lot. And a lot of it was coming from my, you know, I was like, I wanted to win these arguments. And, and it was bothering me, even though I was the one that was, I, I saw, and, I, and I, came, I came to God one morning. I just said, God, what, what's going on with me? You know, it's like, sometimes I'd even agree with my wife, and I want to keep arguing because I didn't want to lose the argument. Uh, that's maybe a little too, uh, too open. But anyway, uh, <laughs> Been there, though. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, then, I was in, and I, and in the morning I was in Amos, chapter 1. I thought, God, I really don't know what you can tell me in Amos about my marriage. You're <laughs> talking to nations. So I, I opened up, and I'm reading, and it, uh, there's, it's talking to this kingdom, and it says, you stifled, while you stifled your compassion, your anger tore continually. And I read that, and I realized that it was that. It was, he was, what he was saying is there was a moment in time when they felt compassion and they pushed it down so they could just keep fighting. Hmm. And, and as soon as I read that, I thought of when we would be in an argument. There were moments when I would feel, I was starting to feel compassion, and I just wanted to win the argument. And God gave me a real point. He gave me the point that I really needed to look to. And so now, it's knowing that point in a, when, we're, when we're having a discussion, uh, knowing, <laughs> knowing at that point, that's so I need to fan the flames of mm. compassion. Mm. And that, that's helped me a lot. And, you know, I still struggle with that, but it's just dramatically better than it was. And I'm really grateful. All right. Thank you, Gene. Thanks, Brad. Thank you very much, sir. I, 
I know Jeep. I've known him for a long time. He is, he is a lot of fun to be around. And one of the reasons is because he, he really does choose humility. And just, just a side note, uh, Jeep has been leading our ministry team's volunteer and in order to get the campus launched here in Alhambra. And he turned down a major promotion again in order to be able to do this. He did the job for a couple of days, felt like uh, he couldn't do that, that job at that level and help get this campus launched. So he turned that down. That's, that's a real example of me. And I'm very grateful for that. Um, anyway, do you relate to humble people very often? Isn't it refreshing when you relate to somebody who is genuinely humble? They don't promote themselves. They usually listen to what you're saying, and they're very interested. They, you, you know, you may not even see these folks very much, but um, they're busy working and helping in the background. They don't need to be up front. That, that's, that's a very important key to how to make our relationships work. There's something bigger, though, going on behind humility, and Jeep actually uh, helped us with that. It impacts our relationships, but it also it aligns us with how God designed our relationships to flow, how love flows between two people. Humility opens the door to loving attitude and actions. 1 Peter 5.5, 5, which is the verse right before the one Jeep quoted. And one thing I appreciate about Jeep is he's, he's reading the Bible for himself and God speaks to him through that. That's a crucial part of what it means to know God and walk with him. But verse 5 says, Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. This verse shows us how we should approach humility, how important it is in our relationships. We should clothe ourselves with it. The picture here, it's a word picture, and the word picture is it's like putting an apron on or putting on your work clothes. You clothe yourselves with humility and you get ready to get dirty and do the work that needs to be done, whatever it is. You, you just you get ready to do it. You do whatever is necessary. Um, nothing is beneath you. And, and we follow the Lord's example in this. At one point, he, he put on the apron and washed the feet of his disciples. Very dirty job in that day. But he was willing to humble himself that way. Then, in this passage, you can see there, it gives us a real core reason, another one why humility is important. God opposes the proud. The word oppose literally means to battle against. I don't know about you. I don't want to get in a war with God. I do not want to step into a ring to box and find out that the person in the other corner is God. I don't want that. This verse says when you choose pride, God opposes you. He comes against you. And it is a law. One of the laws that you see play out that you find in Scripture that plays out over and over again God humbles the proud. And when you choose pride and arrogance and boasting, the fall is about to come. The higher up you go, the higher up you go, the larger the splatter circle when the fall occurs. This is the way it works in life. When we choose humility, though, we get grace from God. We get help. The grace is 
is expressed in the favor and blessing that we looked at earlier in the message. This, this grace is displayed in every arena of life as we choose to humble ourselves before God. So when we trust God with our reputation, rather than try to pump ourselves up, um, we, we know that over time we're going to avoid the slippery road of self-promotion. The grace of God, what it does when he pours it into our lives, the grace of God frees us to truly love others with humility. It, it frees us up and helps us to do that. What are some common scenarios uh, that we may face this week where we can choose humility and show love to the people around us? I don't know. I love Costco. It's like a, I go to Costco. I like the hot dog and a Coke for a buck fifty. That's amazing. And then you get to go through and get some hors d'oeuvres, some samples. I don't know if you're a cost, Costco member, but uh, you, you go around to the samples and, you know, there's a lot of people in line. There's only one sample left. Humility lets the other folks have it. That's, that's pretty practical. You're in the grocery store line, you know, and the line's long and then another, another check register opens up. Do you, you know, do you elbow the people, try to get in there or, or do you, let them have it. Humility lets them go. That's the way it is. I mean, those are kind of fun. Less impact on you personally. But when you've offended somebody and there's a conflict in a relationship, humility chooses to admit it and to work it out with the person. That's, that's being humble. Or when the dishes are piling up in the sink at home, the garbage is getting full, it's overflowing. Arrogance is going to think, why don't these people do this stuff? Why don't they take care of these matters? But humility is just going to quietly take care of the dishes. It's going to take out the garbage. That's what's going to happen if you choose it. That's how you love people. It's a very, very practical uh, trait in our lives. As we're wrapping up, we want to make sure humility asks, how can I serve? While arrogance asks, who will serve me? Key, key characteristic. I'd like to give you some time as we wrap up the message for personal reflection on this today. Um, it's a good opportunity for all of us to think through the choices that we're facing, the things that are going on in our relationships. And as the guys come up to lead us, um, I'd like to give you an opportunity to really think through your next steps this morning. Uh, as the band comes up, if you take out your connection card, on the back of that connection card, there are some next steps that uh, I have for you there, and <clears throat> there's some suggestions. Uh, also, if you open up your program, there is a an extra sheet, sort of like a guide, and on one side of the sheet, or it's it's a one-sided sheet, half a sheet, but it has uh, Philippians 2, 1 through 11 on it. On one column, it says how Jesus showed humility, and then on the other column, it shows how I can show humility myself. And that's one next step that you may take this week. Could you guys scroll down to the next steps for me? Um, what One step that you could take this week is to take that sheet with you, read through that passage, and note all the ways that Jesus showed humility on that left side of the page. And then think through the action steps. Now, in my relationships, what's it going to mean to not consider my position as all that important, but to lower myself and serve in, in, this, in this way.
So that's an opportunity to take a next step, to read Philippians 2, think through the action steps you can take in your relationships this week in that. You might want to memorize 1 Peter 5, 5. Uh, Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And then for the first time, I accept Jesus as my Savior and follow him as Lord. This may be something you're ready to do. You've been investigating what it means to follow Christ, and you're ready to cross the line where you say, God, I'm tired of trying to do this on my own. I humble myself before you. I ask you to come into my life and lead me from here forward. Would you do that, God, please? So you may be ready to, to, to take that step, and we want to help you with that. So let us know if you're ready to do that. Uh, the life groups, you can let us know if you're interested in those. Uh, attending Old Town Pasadena is another opportunity there. And one of the, the, the band is going to, after I pray, the band is going to play through the song to give you a chance to really think about what God said to you this morning. We always like to take next steps because all of us in this place here have a next step with God to take. And that's how you walk with him. He shows you the next step, you take it, then the next step, then the next step, and you keep moving forward as you walk with him. It's not as important to him as where you've been and what's been going on in your life as it is you're willing to obey and take the step that's right in front of you and keep taking those steps as you move forward. So we want to provide this time to reflect, ask God to show you where you've let pride and arrogance creep into your relationships, ask him to show you anyone that you can serve this week and anyone that you can help. So take the time to do that after I pray, would you? Father, we thank you for your word this morning that guides us. Thank you for Jeep and his heart to to walk with you and his willingness to share with us. Thank you, God, for what you said to us this morning. Help us to understand exactly what it means to follow you step by step and give us the ability, Lord, to take the steps that lie in front of us. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.